Welcome to the CEO of Destiny podcast, where you will find the tools to fulfill the purpose of your generation and wildly succeed in the marketplace. And now your host, Andre J. Benjamin. I made the parallel, um, and I, the, it's it, the the book is um, what I like about and why I even drew that parallel. Uh, and I know you do list out different models for funding. I like how uh, he talked about that people would go the the practice of some people in Bangladesh, the poorest of the poor would go from door to door, bat begging for one grain of rice from each household so that they have a meal for the day. And so he said, well, you're already going and these people know you, they look for you every day. Why don't you take a product, a good or a service with you? Right. <laughs> and why don't you actually turn this into something? And it's like, oh, but I don't have, but the barrier to entry was high for them because they didn't see how they, and he said, look, well, then how about you take the money, you you take this capital, this small amount of capital, and it's um, the, you know, I'm a, I believe strongly in the Bible, um, and one of the principles in the Bible is stewardship and prudence and, you know, being faithful with little and ruler of much. So, you go, you know, you're scaling up through your faithfulness with the small amount that you can be trusted with more. So I like how they would take that small amount. So he said, if you, he said the psychological barrier of someone who is in the lowest echelon economically paying back $365 is overwhelming and they would be in bondage. But he said, hey, you go out and if you make $5 that day or whatever, you just pay me back a dollar that day or you pay me back 50 cents. You just give me a buck every day, pay back a buck every day until the whole thing is paid out. And then based upon how you did that, you can scale up to a bigger pool of money and your peers. So this peer to rank it, this Grameen lending model, this, this mindset of that's very community driven, which is interesting as well, because even with the banks, what I love about your book is that even if you think about this, this goes into other verticals. So if you think about even with banks, banks that are more community based and that were smaller, where the resources are controlled by a community model rather than the, the um, you know, corporate, they don't care. It's just like, hey, you walk in and this is basically a place that you set your money. We don't have time for you. Um, yes, you come and deposit money every week, but we can't lend it out to you for actual production. But con for consumption, if you want to go get something that is going to put you in debt, we'll definitely give it to you. That So mm -hmm. I, I I love, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about some of the entrepreneurs you highlight. I want to hear some of the stories that I mean, of course, it's like probably like picking a favorite child. So, I'm, but <laughs> highlight a few of the the entrepreneurs that stand out to you. I do love the gentleman. Uh, I believe it's Steve who, uh, or is it Scott or Steve who made a stand in his community? Steve Murray. Steve Murray, yeah. Yeah. Who Steve made a stand Murray. in his community? Maybe you could start with him and then kind of highlight some of these other. Yeah. So I, I'm happy to tell uh, the Steve Murray story because he was a he was a friend of mine. Um, so when I was uh, I started my career as I, I this is really true. It was a tiny staff, so I was both the cops and the business reporter in this small newspaper in a small town, small city in Pennsylvania called Lancaster. Um, and Steve Murray um, was he was a hippie in the '60s, right? Um, but he came back to his hometown, Lancaster, and he decided to, own, to open a vintage clothing store. And this was way before they were like on every street corner, right? He was a truly 
um, one of the few people who was um, doing this work. And so he opened his a vintage clothing store um, and then he opened a record store and then he opened oh, a military surplus store. So we had a tiny empire uh, in the, uh, on one block in this kind of fading city in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And then, you know, he just became a leader of the small business community in the downtown. Um, and through his leadership, um, as the city was trying to, was coming up with plans to revitalize the city themselves economically, you know, big businesses were having a really big voice, right? So Armstrong World Industries was headquartered there. The family, the old family that owned the newspaper was um, also influential. And they came up with this plan to tear down um, the old beautiful department store that was in the square of the city. They would tear it down and put a chain hotel. And Steve Murray just thought this was like the worst idea he had ever heard. Uh, and he called me up on the phone in the newsroom. He said, you've got to come down here right now because I've got a hold of this plan and this is a complete disaster. And, and he was right. Uh, you know, he really stood up. Um, he spoke for the small business community and he also spoke for the beauty of, of um, preserving the history, the, the beautiful landscape. And he really saw a vision for Lancaster that was about, um, you know, having boutique shops and having artists who had their studios there and coffee shops and becoming a center of tourism. And without his leadership, the city would never have developed that way. Um, and, and so he did it. He was successful. Um, he died maybe about five years ago now, but he, you know, he saw his vision come to fruition. Um, the reason we included him in the book is that like that role that the the person who's willing to buck the system and be the outlier right those people are not recognized enough um by our policymakers, by our media and by people generally and they don't always i think recognize themselves how important they are the power of bureaucracy versus the power of the um the community is interesting. I, I, I look at that and it, that it caught my attention because doing work, some of the work I've done in the past in the community was interesting when I got exposed years ago to the idea of, you know, city planning and there were plans drawn up and then there would be these committees that would meet and it would be at these obscure times when people wouldn't know about it and it's during the day and they're making these decisions that affect the quality of life for people so then before people blink and know it i started getting the word out. i said man you, you should come to this meeting people i can't it's i said why is this meeting set at this weird time well it was because people were able to make decisions and before you know it you're playing um catch up or Mr. and Mrs. React, you've got to be reactive rather than proactive. Of, we've got to stop the, you know, somebody's hair is on fire. We've got to stop the blah, blah, blah right. from, or they're going to shut down uh, 20 of these businesses that have been here forever. Well, if more of these, who are the people? And then I thought about it. I said, who are the people that did have the time to start showing up once you started telling them with some of the small business owners, they would scale, put the time, you know, hey, well, I'm going to have some right. employees do this and I'm going to have somebody cover me and I'm coming down to this meeting. I want to see. And there was a level of respect that was given to when that woman shows up or that man shows up and they want to, and they, oh, wow, you know, this person employs this many people, 
they, they had a different seat at the table. So that's why we applaud the, the Steve Murray's because that, I think giving voice to that and letting people know that they do have that in their, in their um, arsenal to use, that is something that you can, that is afforded to you. You are, you are a, a, a part of this community and you can speak up. Um, so talk about a couple of the other business owners that, uh, that the key for everything from bakers, you know, cakes and like, let's, t- let's talk about some of these, you know, non-conventional, non-Silicon Valley entrepreneurs. Yeah, typical entrepreneurs. I mean, you are right. It's a little like choosing your favorite child. Like the, these, all these stories are incredibly compelling. And so it's hard to choose one. Um, you know, certainly the one that we, we weave the most throughout the book uh, is the story of Denaris Mazzara, who's a, a Dominican immigrant. Um, who quite literally started her business with $37 in food stamps. Um, Not even her own food stamps. It was actually her mother who came over and gave her these food stamps. Um, And as Daenerys described it to us, uh, she was sitting on her sofa. She was about to go to her her job at a Samsung plant in Lawrence, Massachusetts, which is a very uh, sort of troubled town outside of Boston. And her husband had lost his job and, and she, she sort of received divine intervention, right? I mean, it was, uh, it, for her, it was sort of a vision like you should, or a voice that said, go make flan, um, which is funny because flan is like a custard style dessert, uh, particularly funny because she didn't know how to make flan. Um, and so, uh, you oh, know, but she, I, I, I always had a problem. I said, You're eating yeah, well, don't go to her bakery then. Cause yeah, it's, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll be, you'll be swimming in it. Um, because she still sells it as a kind of a, a throwback or an homage to where she came, came from. Um, but in any event, she, uh, she, she had a niece who knew how to make flan, got the recipe from her, burned her first batch right? Which I'm sure was an incredibly scary experience. She went out and spent her $37 after her shift, um, spent the $37 in food stamps on flan ingredients. It's most certainly not what her mom had in mind um, when she gave her the food stamps. Uh, it was more to feed her family, of course. Um, but burn the first first batch, but the second batch came out great. Um, and so she took them into the break room. She sold them for six bucks, uh, little pieces of them. And uh, they kind of flew off the break room table. And so she did this for a little while, uh, not a long while, a little while, and had turned it into $500 and realized that she kind of had something here. Uh, eventually she expands into, into baking. Fortunately for her, we talked about to the importance of, of connecting with mentors and people that could be helpful. She ended up uh, connecting with this uh, organization uh, that was started in Boston, but now is run in a bunch of different, different markets called Entrepreneurship for All or E for All. Um, we tell the story about E for All and the E for All founders, which is really compelling as well, but we don't have time for that here. So people just have to read it in the book. Um, but um, she gets a lot of help and she uh, eventually uh, ends up being connected to a, a banker, also an immigrant himself, in fact, um, who really helps her figure out how to buy a, a, a shop a storefront uh, on Main Street in Lawrence. Um, and so she eventually opens up this bakery and, and now employs uh, 16 women, all Dominican women, uh, from her community and is a community leader, right? She, she went from being someone who sort of lacked agency and certainly didn't see, see herself as, as important or as a leader. And now she's a business owner and she's, you know, we, t- we tell all sorts of stories in the book about sort of the wonderful things that she's done for her community. But, um, and then the way that she's giving back, she's now a mentor to other E for all entrepreneurs. And it's just a really wonderful story about, it exemplifies why small business 
is so important in our country. And, and it's an extreme example because $37 in food stamps is, you know, is not what we expect most business owners to be able to, uh, to build a business from. Um, but it's a very um, inspiring story of, of stewardship and, and of entrepreneurship um, by, you know, someone who maybe you would have walked uh, past on the street and really not given a second thought to certainly uh, thinking of her as an entrepreneur. So um, it's a wonderful story. We talk about it a few different places in the book. So I, I didn't really do it justice in, in the two minutes no, I've been talking about it. So I hope people will pick up the, the book and, and read it because it's really such a compelling story, as are all the stories of entrepreneurs that we talk about in The New Builders. When you, when you uh, as we're wrapping up, when you think about next steps for how to get this message out, because um, when I read, I see pictures when I hear when people speak I get images in my mind so I, I immediately think of okay where are the documentaries that go with this where are the how could this be a series that's my mind of how I think about it because I think about how people consume consume everything very episodic and we're just used to binge watching things even um, podcasts that are that I do that are long form I chop them up because of just people's attention span and we're just kind of used to doing things in a in a way it's not I don't just do it just as a marketing teasing thing I do it as a, I know that people are more likely to say oh the benchmark for this is easy let me do this one and then I'll come back and do this one and then I'll, I'll listen to 20 of them rather than to listen to five so you know what what do you see as next for the work and how can people get engaged and, and hear more about what you guys are planning to do I, I I'd love to to hear this and the audience would as well Wow. Well, that's a big question uh, because I'll tell you, we launched the book on May 4th and um, we had a sense all along that it was really important work, but the reception to it has been bigger and more wonderful than we realized. Um, and so, you know, we've had a couple conversations about, okay, the next book, we've had a conversation about a podcast, like, can we start a fund ourselves as assess business? Um, to be part of the solution. So we're talking about a lot of stuff, but you asking us that question is in itself really helpful. Um, and I'll say uh, that we have a website, um, but I'll turn it over to Seth to kind of like do the exhortation um, for people to get involved on <laughs> our website. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Do us a favor. If this was useful in any way for you, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Reviews will allow others to easily discover the podcast. If you'd like more information and to receive a free download, rediscover your destiny, go to ceoofdestiny.com. Thanks again and tune in next time.